This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. After days of negotiations, late last night, Senate leaders came to an agreement and announced a $2 trillion stimulus plan for the American economy. We have a bipartisan agreement on the largest rescue package in American history. This is not a moment of celebration, but one of necessity. The hope is that this bill will put enough cash into the pockets of companies and average Americans that it will make up for the money that's dried up after businesses have shuttered and people have stayed home. This is a wartime level of investment into our nation. The men and women of the greatest country on earth are going to defeat this coronavirus and reclaim our future. And the Senate's going to make sure they have the ammunition they need to do it. This bill is the largest stimulus package in American history. Today on the show, how it came together and how it will help the U.S. economy. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, March 25th. Lawmakers hope this bill will help the economy find its footing. They can't really stop a recession, but they can keep food on people's table. They can keep people paying their rents. Siobhan Hughes covers Congress, which these days she's doing largely at home with her 17-month-old twins. It's so challenging. They don't understand why I'm not available to read books with them all day. Instead of reading books to her kids... Siobhan's been chasing down what's going on with a slightly older crowd on Capitol Hill. It's really been an extraordinary moment. The Capitol building itself is almost empty. There are a handful of lawmakers up there and a handful of reporters who are all doing their best to stand six feet apart from everybody. What is the line from that Yeats poem, Gaiety, transfiguring all that dread? People are trying to remain upbeat, but underneath, there's a real level of seriousness to what they're doing. There is no way to overstate the urgency that lawmakers feel. You've got the hospitals in New York saying they're running out of equipment. You know, for someone like Chuck Schumer, whose home city of New York is really the epicenter of the pandemic, the stakes for him personally could not be higher. Mitch McConnell got to the floor to say that his unemployment insurance system was overwhelmed. All sorts of Kentuckians are filing jobless claims and can't get those processed right now. Other parts of the country, restaurant workers... Older, retired people are flooding the phones and emails of the senator's office saying, we do not have enough money to pay our rent right now. You've got to give me money right away. The pressure is intense. Spending bills 
never have this firm of a deadline. And so usually what happens is Republicans and Democrats fight over the elements of a spending bill. And when the two sides can't agree, they pass something called a continuing resolution in which they decide, okay, let's just keep spending the way it currently is for another month to buy ourselves more time to come to our resolution. But there's no forcing mechanism. Right now, people's lives are literally on the line. The U.S. economy is in a free fall, and the deadline could not be firmer. Congress has already passed two bills to help address the coronavirus pandemic in the U.S., one that funded vaccine development, and another that expanded testing and temporarily extended safety net programs like Medicaid and paid sick leave. But today, this new bill has something huge parts of the economy have been hoping for, an injection of massive amounts of money. How big is this bill in dollar terms? We are now talking about something on the order of $2 trillion. And frankly, that's understating the impact of what this bill is going to be. We are talking on the order of four, five, six trillion dollar impact to the economy. There are very few moments when the government has needed to backstop an economy in quite this way. This is the largest stimulus the United States has ever seen. When would you say that the need for such a massive stimulus bill really crystallized for the lawmakers? It crystallized once the death rates started going up and the number of cases started going up. Initially, Washington state was the epicenter. And when lawmakers were getting closed-door briefings, the lawmakers would emerge saying, well, this really isn't a nationwide problem. Of course, it wasn't a nationwide problem because there was no testing. And with that testing, there was no way to grasp the extent of the issue. People started getting a little bit nervous when it turned out that a bunch of lawmakers had been exposed to a coronavirus patient at a conference outside of Washington, D.C. And then the anecdotes started piling in. And at some point, probably two weeks ago now, you could see the panic start to set in. Congress has been promising this third bill, a phase three of the response, since even before phase two was passed. But the bill has been held up in negotiations because of some key differences in what the parties wanted to address. In the Republican worldview, the primary thing is to help businesses and get the economy going because without businesses, there's no tax revenue. There is no foundation on which everything else will stand. For Democrats, the issue has to do with how do you help workers and that any legislation that assumes businesses are the most important element of a package is fundamentally flawed. And so that was a key part of the tension. Overall, what Democrats felt was most important was helping unemployed workers, public hospitals, and states, the public sector. Overall, what Republicans felt was most important was helping businesses. This tension of how much the bill should focus on companies or on workers has resulted in a few failed attempts. The first attempt to pass the stimulus bill was over the weekend. 
And that failed in part because the package included no direct aid to states and because it included $75 billion for hospitals, which Democrats felt was far too little. And Democrats were not going to allow the package to proceed without money for what they felt were absolutely vital entities. Democrats refused to hand over to Mitch McConnell the votes he needed to get that 60 number that's needed to shut off debate and proceed to final passage. And notably, Democrats did this not once over the weekend, but twice. And they were kind of able to do this because the Republican senators were having their own coronavirus crisis. Yes, One big problem for Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was that he was losing his own members to coronavirus. So Rand Paul was diagnosed with COVID-19. He was not in the Senate. Senators Mike Lee and Mitt Romney had spent a lot of time with Rand Paul. They had to absent themselves too. Cory Gardner, also in self-quarantine. And so Mitch McConnell's numbers were dwindling by the day. But Republicans were able to get enough support for the bill by compromising with Democrats. Late last night, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and Democratic Minority Leader Chuck Schumer hammered out the final deal. The announcement that the bill was finalized did not come until very, very late last night. We are talking well after midnight. So what does this final bill look like in the most general sense? This final bill is going to flood the U.S. economy with money. It's somebody putting their fist into a big bag of money and saying, here, Mr. American, you take $1,200. Here, big business, here's a few billion dollars for you. Here's small business. I'm going to give you a loan. And guess what? If you spend it on your workers and your rents, I'm forgiving the loan. That is grant money to you. Here, hospitals, take these billions of dollars, buy ventilators, buy masks, get more ICU beds. It's just handing out candy left and right to stop this freefall. After the break, exactly how Congress plans to stop the freefall. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Welcome back. 
This massive $2 trillion stimulus bill that is still being hammered out in the Senate essentially breaks down into three categories. Help for American households, help for businesses, and help for the front lines in the fight against coronavirus. The help coming for Americans is a big chunk of the money. For American households, there is an estimated $300 billion in direct aid. So for individual Americans up to a certain income limit, you will get $1,200 through direct deposit, by check in some way. In addition, you will get $500 for each child. What is the income limit? The income limit as of the last iteration was $99,000. So if you make $99,000 or more, you don't get any money. And how fast could these checks land? The Treasury Secretary has said he wants that to happen starting in early April. There are obviously going to be some logistical problems because the government might not have all the information it needs to get that money out right away. It seems like speed is of the essence here. In interviews we've done this week, people are really focusing on the April 1st deadline for people's rent and just a sense that that's when a lot of Americans are going to have to start paying bills again. Correct. And it's hard to see the government making that April 1st deadline. Okay, so there, there's going to be these checks for Americans below a certain income bracket. But there's also going to be help for people who have lost their jobs. Can you tell me what that is? So the bill expands the categories of people who qualify for unemployment insurance and also extends the duration on which unemployed people may be on jobless rolls to about 39 weeks. That's up from the current 26 weeks that's standard in most states. We have already seen unemployment insurance claims starting to rise sharply. And as you mentioned, Mitch McConnell said as much. Yes. Unemployment insurance claims are starting to rise. And while states have some money to meet those obligations, it's pretty clear it's going to be hard to meet those obligations. And states do not cover more than 26 weeks, by and large. Some states cover as little as 12 weeks of unemployment. But the bill will expand the timeline and increase the amount of unemployment checks by $600. It also expands the definition of employees who qualify. Gig workers like Uber drivers will now be able to claim unemployment. Businesses, both big and small, will also see expanded aid. For small businesses, there is about $350 billion in loan money. And the loans are provided by individual banks through a small business administration program. When small businesses apply for the loans, they can use some of the loan money to pay for payroll and to pay for their rent and the portion that is used on those two expenses for a certain period of time, they do not have to pay back. Small businesses are essentially getting a grant. And then what is in this bill for big business? For big businesses, there's $500 billion. That's the biggest part of the package. $46 billion of that is earmarked specifically for air carriers and businesses deemed to be crucial to national security, which could include Boeing. These businesses would get loans or loan guarantees. 
there's $425 billion that the Treasury Secretary will provide to the Federal Reserve to allow the government to cover any losses on loans that it makes to big businesses. Notably, the government can also take equity stakes in companies. The government would be an investor, an owner in some of America's big businesses, possibly. And this has happened before. This happened in 2009 with the auto bailouts. Correct. This has happened before, so it's not unprecedented. We did see the government take stakes in companies. We know that the government ended up making money. And so what the senators have been touting is that precedent saying, look, we're not going to end up losing more than we're putting down. So the money that's going to backstop the Federal Reserve, that will protect the Fed from credit losses. But it's in this piece where the Democrats had concerns about oversight. How were those oversight concerns resolved? So a couple of ways. Number one, there's now going to be an inspector general to oversee the funds. And number two, there's a provision Chuck Schumer got included that bans this money from being used to prop up any Trump businesses. It's more than just the Trumps. The bill explicitly bans businesses controlled by the president, the vice president, members of Congress, top White House officials, or their family members from getting any funds or loans from the bill. A group that will see a lot of aid is hospitals. $150 billion of this package will go to the healthcare system to pay for masks, for ventilators, ICU beds, among other things. And an additional $150 billion is headed for state and local governments, which have been funding local health care efforts. State and local governments are running out of money. They, they do not have the money. Their tax base is eroding. There are no sales tax revenues coming in. When the federal government delayed filing deadlines to pay taxes, that also had an effect on state budgets. States say they were in free fall. And on top of that, states' expenses are going up because they need to step in to help so many people who are now unemployed or need health care. States have also been facing budget shortfalls from public transit systems where ridership has plummeted. The bill includes money to help those systems, too. But of course, the whole stimulus package, from help for municipalities to bailouts for airlines, isn't yet law. As of this afternoon, the Senate was still quibbling over details and had yet to vote. And if they agree to pass it, then the House still has to take it up. The most likely scenario is that the House passes the bill through a procedure called unanimous consent. Lawmakers don't fly back. It's done on the assumption that everybody agrees this is essential. There's a question mark behind this, however, because it would take only one lawmaker, one House lawmaker objecting to force the entire House or at least enough people to come back for a roll call vote. And so the House process is still up in the air. So at this point, the hope, the very best hope, is all 435 House lawmakers agree to pass this. It has happened before, but never on something this big. You covered the 2009 stimulus package. How Mm -hmm. does this moment compare to that? 
The 2009 stimulus bill was a $787 billion package. And at the time, it seemed enormous. It was lower than what the Obama administration thought we needed, but it seemed enormous. This is the biggest bill like this ever, maybe. This is the biggest stimulus package ever in U.S. history, and it's born out of more desperation. And is it going to be enough? Congress is likely to come back with a fourth stimulus package, and those discussions are already underway. One thing that's notable to me, for example, on unemployment assistance is, while this extends the duration of unemployment benefits, back during the 2009 crisis, unemployment benefits were extended for up to 99 weeks. And so in some sense, you could say that this bill reflects an optimistic scenario of how well things will go. But there are pessimists on Capitol Hill, and that's why lawmakers are already contemplating what they're going to do next. Because the depth of this economic pullback is that deep. The depth of the pullback is that deep, and because the way this pandemic unfolds is unknown. That's all for today, Wednesday, March 25th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.